Take your Bibles, if you would, turn it to John chapter number 14. John chapter 14. Sometimes my mind and heart wanders. I'm sure yours does as well. I can easily think the worst of situations and even other people. How do I avoid stinking thinking? Be encouraged and strengthen the word of God from John 14 verse 1 today. Jesus reminds his children, let not your hearts be troubled. Jesus is the greatest encourager there ever was. In a time when things are seemingly just uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs, when things are just dark and dreary. Now, you've got to understand, before you read John 14, you've got to understand the backdrop of John 13. You see, John 13 was what we refer to as the verses or the chapter of the Last Supper. He gathers his disciples together, and he's giving them a breakdown of what's to come. He eats the last meal with them. And he breaks bread with them, tells about his body. He, he has wine with them, and he tells about his blood that is going to be shed for the remission of sins. Take, eat, this is my blood, this is my body. And then he talks about the betrayal. Can you imagine having a last meal with your closest friends? And then he tells them, one of you is going to betray me. And then he tells Peter, Peter, while someone is going to betray me, somebody here is going to deny me. Oh, Lord, is it I? No, it can't be. Lord, I will go to the end of the world for you. Peter, you are so brash and you are so quick and you are so quick-witted to come back and tell me of what you would and wouldn't do. But it's going to be you, Peter. And so this is the backdrop of John 14 prior to that in John 13. It's a little bit sad, a little bit gloom and doom, and a little bit frustrating because you look at the backdrop and you're wondering, man, what's going on? What's going on is Jesus is setting himself up as the hero of the story. Because in John chapter 14, right away as he introduces John 13, he goes right into John 14 verse 1. I know I said all these things. I know we're, we're going to experience all these things, but... Here are the words, John 14, 1, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus was drawing attention that he was the son of God, that he was God himself, and he is going to later on introduce himself as the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes unto the Father but through him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's a great encourager. His words are of the greatest encouragement and, and found in these verses. When going through difficulties of life, our hearts and our minds may cause us to stray from the Lord Jesus and the promises of his words. Three years the disciples were with the Lord Jesus, and yet they were already forgetting that he came for a reason. The Bible says in the Gospels that he came to seek and to save. That the world may know of the sovereignty, of the goodness, of the grace, of the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. During those moments in life, we must take every negative thought captive and bring them into subjection and to, into the obedience of Christ. John chapter 14 gives us this great insight 
on how to live life when trouble is looming around us or is imminent? How do I encourage myself in the Lord? Because the Lord Jesus is always encouraging us. And then there are moments in life when we must encourage ourselves in the Lord. David said it best in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse number 6. He tells us of how David encouraged himself in the Lord. And sometimes we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. I want to make this statement that God is not in the replacement of damaged products. God is in the redemption of damaged products. I don't know where you are in your place right now where you feel damaged and unused. That is a lie of the devil. He will cause you to think ill of yourself. He will cause you to think ill of others. And he will cause you to think ill of God. All of those images that he creates in our hearts, in our minds, those are deceptions and lies of the devil since the beginning of time in the Garden of Eden, and they're still effective in humanity today. That's why God gives us grace. That's why God gives us his mercy to remind us that he is in the redemption of damaged products. I love the story and the illustration of Henry Ford. Henry Ford, uh, was uh, there was a, a story written about this particular illustration many years ago, a man who was on the side of the road and he was fixing his uh, he was fixing his car, his gasket had blown, and you can see all the smoke just billowing about and on the side of a country road, and uh, he had his hood popped and uh, sleeves rolled up and trying to fix his car, and he was just frustrated and couldn't do anything about it. And drive along, a few minutes later, along drives a limo and with a chauffeur driver, and out comes a, a car, out comes the car, a distinguished gentleman, and he goes over, takes his sport coat off, and he goes to help the other gentleman. And he helps him, and he fixes him, and it's almost as if he knew exactly what was wrong and how to fix everything. And he says, sir, you look so distinguished. Why would you stop your car with your chauffeur just to help me? And Henry Ford said, I don't like seeing my products damaged on the side of the road. I'll do whatever I need to, to fix it. And Jesus says the same thing to us. He doesn't like it when his children feel damaged and when we have our gaskets blown and we are in a, uh, in a spirit of turmoil and chaos, God comes to our rescue. He rolls up his sleeves and he enters into work with us. Rest in him, take my yoke upon you for it is easy for my burdens are light. If the devil is an accuser of the brethren, and we know that to be true, then I want to be the opposite of what that means. I must then live a life to encourage others. If the devil is an accuser of the brethren, then I want to do the opposite of that, and I want to live a life to encourage others in Jesus Christ. You see, the devil has enough uh, abilities within himself and his cohorts to go and whisper all that he whispers, and God's children and God's people need to get on the side of God's army and just encourage one another in Jesus Christ. Bible says to love one another, to encourage one another, to strengthen one another, to pray for one another. These are the one another's of scripture. I want to share with you, just as a side note, the Bible talks about a time for everything, doesn't it? 
In Ecclesiastes, in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, for everything, there's a season and a time for every matter under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck and what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. All the shorties in the house. Um, A time to cast away stones and time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep. A time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time of peace. As you read Ecclesiastes 3, there's only one time that there is not. There is no time for you and I to quit. There's no quitting. Paul said it best, I press toward the prize of the mark of the high calling of Christ. He just didn't quit. Galatians 6, 9, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. I like what my uh, former pastor and school principal did. I went to Christian school at the age, uh, at the sixth grade began. I went to uh, public school and then I went to uh, in all, all of my elementary years and I went to Christian school, sixth grade on up. And we had a supply kit, just much like Masters has a supply list that you have to go out and most public schools do. We had a supply list. And one of the things that we had to buy was a dictionary. So we got it out on our first day and he would do the same routine every single year, grab that dictionary. And he says, all right, boys and girls, turn to um, the word quit. Look in Q-U-I-T, find it in your dictionary. You found it, yes, sir. And then he would ask us to take a pen or a marker and he would ask us to cross that word out. Because quitting shouldn't be in your vocabulary. Quitting shouldn't be in your dictionary. And then we thought we were done with it and we would put it away and move on to the next thing. He says, all right, boys and girls, I want you to do one more thing. Grab out your little dictionary and go back to the word quit. Do you see it there? No, sir, it's not there. Good. I want you to do one more thing. Grab a pair of scissors. I'm sure you bought your scissors, right? Yes, sir. And we would grab our scissors and we're wondering, what do you want us to do next? And he would ask us to cut the word quit out of our dictionary. Oftentimes, it's easy. We live in a generation where it's too easy to just quit. When things don't go your way, just quit. When McDonald's and Burger King have it, right, have it your way right away, chop, chop, fast, fast, chop, chop, ha, ha. <laughs> have it your, just real fast. And when we don't get our way fast enough, soon enough, quick enough, the way we wanted, I thought I told you I wanted mayonnaise and extra pickles. Make me do it again. We get a little tense and we quit too easily. We quit sports too easily. We quit subjects too easily. We quit relationships too easily. We quit church too easily. Every single year, sixth grade all the way to my graduation, every single year, The same routine. Janice, the same routine. I would have to do the same thing. And it was repetitious every single year. All right? I don't have to quit in my my dictionary. I just got to keep on keeping on. How about it, church? Can you just keep on keeping on? This gloom and doom version of John 13 
is actually not so gloom and doom once you recognize what God was trying to do. He was trying to paint the picture of what was to come. You see, midnight, the darkest of the night, there's something that happens in the morning. The Bible says joy comes in the morning. There will be a day when God will wipe all the tears from our eyes. There'll be a moment when you can just be at peace and be at rest because God is sovereign and he has never, never, ever, ever relinquished his duty of being God. God is on his throne and he, nothing has ever surprised him in heaven. He didn't sit in heaven and he says, oh, me, I just can't believe it. I, I didn't know that was about to happen. No, nothing ever took God by surprise. The phrase in John 14, 1, these are all introduction, let not your hearts be troubled. I want you to look in the Bible. Let's look to the word of God. We're going to go through John chapter 14, verse 1, all the way down to probably right in the middle of the chapter to about verse 31. So you just follow along with me. We're going to have a Bible study today, if that's all right. We're at church. It's okay to study the Bible because we love the Bible. Woo, I love me some studying the Bible. Woo, woo, woo. Get it on. Here we go. John 14, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Man, that's a declaration. That's a powerful statement that God brings back to himself. Let not your hearts be troubled. Everyone say it with me on the count of three. Believe in God. All right, say it like you mean it. Here we go. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. One more time because your ears need to hear it. Your hearts need to hear it. Your mind needs to hear it. So here we go. Your neighbors need to hear it. This world needs to hear it. Let not your hearts be troubled. Amen. We are a God-believing church, a Bible-believing church. We believe God in faith, by faith, through faith, because God is the origin of all things. Believe also in me, Jesus says. In my Father's house are many rooms, or another version says mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way of where, you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him in verse number five, Thomas the doubter, because you know, you always have to have some doubters. Haters going to hate, hate. You know, Thomas is going to come over here, and he's going to come over to Jesus, and he's going to whisper something to him. He says, Jesus, in verse five, Lord, um, we don't know the way to where you're going. What are you talking about? What you talking about, Willis? All this time, Thomas, who had been with Jesus for now, these three years and seeing the miracles and seeing God perform many wonderful things, it was almost for a split second as if he hadn't seen it. But you can identify with him, can't you? I can there are moments in my life where I've had miracle after miracle in my life, and then for a split second, I have that one moment of doubt. As if God wasn't going to be God in my life right now as he was five minutes ago, or five days ago, or five years ago, or however many years. Sometimes we give God so little credit. 
So did Thomas. You're in good company. Thomas says, Lord, we, 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 we don't know the way. God, where, where, where are we going? You ever have your children say something like that? Daddy, daddy, where are we going today? That's what my son, we would drop him off at the uh, daycare. Where, where am I going today, dad? I'm going to your daycare. Oh, okay. Thomas was asking, Lord, where are we going? And I love what God says to him, what Jesus says to him. Verse number six, Jesus says to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now you know, uh, do you know him and you have seen him? Jesus says, just as you have seen me, you have seen the Father because I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And God's people can celebrate. We can rejoice because we have the way, the truth, the life, and we know him in the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the name of our church, Pathway. You want to know what the pathway is? The way, the truth, the life. It's not the church. It's not me. It's not you. We're all pointing to the one who is the way, the truth, the life. Follow me as I follow Christ, Paul says. Verse number nine, Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you for so long, and you still do not know me? Now, Philip was the same guy that had doubt to whether or not he could feed the, uh, the, the 10,000 when they were hungry. Lord, we only have a few. Lord, we only have a little bit. And Jesus says to him, O ye of little faith. Says to Thomas, the doubter, come on, Thomas. Says to Philip, come on, Philip, O ye of little faith. What we're recognizing here is that God is giving them words of encouragement, not mere empty words of that friend or that person who says, man, everything's going to be okay. Well, what do you mean everything's going to be okay? How do you know everything's okay? What they're trying to say is, well, I hope everything's okay. But you see, when you are a believer, when you are a Christian, there's much more depth in that statement. Brother, sister, it's going to be okay. Because Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. You who believe in God, believe also in him. You see their substance because you're pointing him and her to the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you wake up and encourage yourself every day? Let's look at some people in the Bible who encouraged themselves and how they did it. Moses said, said this, Lord, if you, do, if you don't go with us, Go before us, we are not going anywhere. Abraham said, Lord, the Lord will provide. Jacob said, I won't let you go unless you bless me. Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Isaiah said, arise and shine for my glory has come and no weapon that's formed against me will prosper. Jeremiah said, the Lord has plans for me not to harm me or fail me. 
Jeremiah 29, 11. Jabez, the prayer of Jabez. Jabez says, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He will, it said this, we will not bow down to any image, but we will serve the Lord. Ezekiel said, Lord, speak to these dry bones. Let them live again. Peter said, I will cast my cares upon you, for you care for me. Paul says, the Lord will supply all my needs according to your riches. And he also says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How do you start your day? How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? These great men said these wonderful things through the word of God that can give us encouragement. Now let's look together at some things within scripture. Number one, I want you to know that there is hope. When God said in John 14, 1, let not your hearts be troubled. He paints a beautiful picture in the rest of the story. How so? Well, he talks about a hope. In verse number two and three, he says, in my father's house are many mansions, many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. He was giving us the blessed hope. He was giving us the wonderful hope that in this world, we are, it's so temporary. The Bible says life is but a vapor, Solomon wrote. It, one day we're here and another day we'll open our eyes and we'll be with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. He was giving us a, the picture of the blessed hope. He gives us the picture of this blessed hope through this heavenly home. And then he gives us this uh, blessed hope through this heavenly, uh, heavenly help. In this verse in, in, in Revelation twenty two twenty, Jesus says, I will doubtless come again. He's giving us this wonderful hope of his second return. I love the old hymn that's sung in a lot of churches still. It says, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. He was talking about that blessed hope in him. You see, sometimes we have hope in others. Sometimes we have hope in situations. Sometimes we have hope in our job. Sometimes we have hope in, uh, in relationships. May I tell you, friend, if you have hope in any of those things, that's not a secure hope. You have to have a hope in a solid anchor, and that's only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. David says that he is the rock. Where do, where do I go to? Where do I hide? I go to the rock. When nothing else stands by me, I stand by the rock. The rock stands by me. I put my feet on a solid ground. Go to the rock. Go to the hope. Number two, we notice that there is a hope, but number two, we notice that there is help. In verse four, there is help for you today. In verse number four, he says this, and you know the way to go where I'm going. Thomas said, Lord, we, we don't know the way. And Jesus says, I am the way. You see, he was talking about salvation. If you are here today and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior, Jesus is the way. You've been looking for the way, the Bible says that there is no other way. Broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads to life eternal. Today, you must know that the only way to heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not through a church. 
It is not through uh, just simply uh, being a good person. The Bible says that all of our good works are as filthy rags. That there is none righteous, no, not one. That Jesus Christ is the only way. He is the truth and he is the life. Not just in this life, but in the life to come, life eternal. How can I be saved? He is the way. How can I be sure? He is the truth. How can I be satisfied? He is the life. A pioneer missionary in Africa tells how he was taking the gospel to a, a far new tribe in, uh, up in the north with his bears. He arrived in the village and at a point beyond where his porters refused to go, the missionary appealed to the local chief, was there someone in the village that can help guide me to where I need to go? And in walks one guy, scars all over his face, scars all over his body, and he carries an ax. And he says to uh, the, the missionary in Africa, says, How can I be sure you know the way? And he says, why would you ask me that? Can't you see the scars? I know the way. I have gone the way. Follow me. You see, Jesus, how can you know that he loves you? He loves you when he... He loves you so much, he died on the cross for you. The Bible says that at the moment of, at that point of his crucifixion, all the sins of the world were taken upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. You must rest your salvation only in the Lord Jesus Christ and no other. John 1, 9 tells us that he is faithful to forgive us of our sins if we confess him. Not only is he help for our salvation, but he is help in our service. He is helping our service. Look in verse number 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do. Because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this will I do. And that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do. He was not only showing us help for salvation, but he was, out, he was showing us help in our service, that God has empowered us to serve him. We have a discipleship pathway here. And one is to learn. That's what we're doing together now when we study the word together. And then to belong. That's what our life groups, that's what our groups are all about in smaller community. And then we serve or we share together. And that's the ability for us to live out the calling of God in our lives. Be a part of that discipleship pathway. And God has empowered us for Christian living and for Christian service. You and I, as the body of Christ, are responsible. Pastor Trent last week talked about everyone is a part of the body. Can you imagine if the hand just decided that he wouldn't be to do anything within the body? He's not serving then. Can you imagine if I wanted to go and my feet decided that I wasn't going to go because I just didn't want to go? I would go nowhere. Can you imagine if I only had one arm and I wanted to swim, I would have to swim in a circle. I'm going nowhere. We need each other, every member, a part of the body of Christ. We need each other for the service of God that God has called each one of us to. God wants to work in us. He wants to work through us. He wants to do this so that he will honor us. In verse number 12, he wants to honor us by giving us the spirit of God. He wants to not only honor us, but he wants to hear us. The Bible says that if you ask anything in my name, that will I, that will I answer. He wants to hear us. And in verse 13 to 14, he wants to help us. 
He wants to honor us. He wants to hear us. He wants to help us. Well, what must we do? We've got to surrender. We've got to surrender. In verses uh, 15, it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. In verse number 19, he says this, I will never leave you. And as an orphan, I will come to you yet a little while. And the world will see no more, me no more. But you will see me because I love you. And you will also live in the day that you know that I in my father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me. He wants us to surrender, to live a life, to now honor him and his word and his call upon us. James says that if any of you are hearers of the word only and not doers of that word, that's not good. That's not good. Folks, we've got to be not just hearers of the word of God, but we've got to be doers of the word of God. We've got to surrender. We've got to surrender to the proof of his love. We've got to surrender to the promise of his love. Jesus makes it clear to us that we must obey him because he loved us. Because of his great love for us, we must live a life that honors him likewise and live for him likewise. And the promise of his love is found in verse number 21 through 23. Because of his great love towards me, I love him. Jesus says in verse 23, Jesus answered, if any one of you, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me, nor does keep my commandments and the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. Jesus makes it clear who his word is and what the promise of his word. And then he leaves us not only to a place of surrender, but he leaves us to a place of his spirit. I'm so grateful that we have the spirit of God. We have the spirit of God. If you are a believer today, that you have asked him to come into your life, he, the Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. He indwells you. He lives inside of you. And if you are here today, the Bible says, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them also. You know what else he says? That God inhabits the praises of his people. Wow, God is here in our midst. Can you feel him? Can you sense him? Can you know that he is here today? Surrender to, uh, not only in service, not only to surrender, but you've got to understand his spirit. I love what he does here because he paints a picture of the Father. He, this is the, a picture of the Trinity. If you understand the deity of Jesus Christ, you've got to understand the Trinity of Jesus Christ. He says, I and, my, I and the Father are one. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And then he says, but I, when I leave you, I'm not going to leave you because I'm leaving with you the Spirit of God. I'm leaving with you the comforter. And we're going to understand a little bit more of that. In verse number 16, verse, uh, in the first part of verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father and I will give you another helper, another comforter to be with you forever. Aren't you glad that God is with you forever? He's not giving you that comforter one time. It's not like, you know, some people think, oh, Jesus, or oh, God as a, as, a, as a little genie. You got three wishes. You know, you can ask God the Father, you can ask God the Son, and you can ask God the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work like that. God is giving you His Spirit forever, and you have access to the Father through the Son of God because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, hallelujah. 
That's something to praise him for. That's something to rejoice about. Wow, the God of heaven hears my prayers because he has given me the Holy Spirit of God. He has given me Jesus Christ and his shed blood. Wowie, kazowie, God is awesome. He gives us his spirit through the person of Jesus Christ. He gives us. I want you to notice the word helper in verse number 16. The word helper is also the word comforter. That word in the Greek is paraclete. Para means in the Latin, it means with. Latin and Greek with. When some para organization, para anything, paralegal, I am a help to the legal aid. Para. That means with. We're coming alongside. The word paraclete, the comforter, the helper, means this. One who comes alongside another to offer protection and counsel. Hallelujah. Thank you for the Holy Spirit of God, our paraclete our comforter, our helper. It carries the idea of an advocate, of a lawyer. The Holy Spirit is our divine lawyer, our divine paraclete, going unto the Father. He has already paid our ransom, but yet he is still our advocate. Wow, God, you're awesome. I want you to notice another word in here. We're, we're doing a little Bible study, I told you. Paraclete, and I want you to notice something else. It says, I will ask the Father, in verse 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you Another helper. The word another there is the word alos. Literally, another of the same kind. Another of the same kind. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, here's a Coke, and then I come along and I give you Sam's choice. <laughs> I, I give you some generic. But no, no, no. God is giving you another of the same kind. Like, this is the real deal. This is not Equate brand. <laughs> I mean, Jesus is giving you the same person in the Lord Jesus Christ as the helper himself. This is Jesus Christ is giving you another. He's not leaving you alone. The word alos literally means another of the same kind. Jesus was a comforter himself, but the spirit of God is also another comforter, one just like Jesus. And then I want you to notice nextly, not only his title, not only his personality, but I want you to notice his ability. It's found in verse number 17. It says, even the spirit of truth. So Jesus says, I'm the way, the, what is it? Truth. And now he says, the spirit of God that I'm giving to you. Now that spirit, watch this spirit now, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Just like they couldn't receive Jesus. Remember that? He came into this world to, uh, to, to forgive the world, to ransom the world, but they rejected him. Same spirit. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be with you. Now he's giving us his ability. He's giving us his power. He's giving us his promise. He's giving us his purpose in us. He is going to reveal himself through the spirit of God in us. And this is now permanent. I gave you his, his power. I gave you his purpose. I gave you his personality. Now I give you his permanence. He gives us his permanence. How so? He says, to be with you forever. His permanence, the purpose of God, the permanence of his power, his personality. Now I want you to notice what are his purposes, and I'll go through these quickly as we're wrapping up. His purpose is this, found in verse 17, to indwell you. God wants to indwell you. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So his purpose is to indwell you. In verse 21, write this down, to invest in you. 
Verse 21 says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. He wants to invest in you and you in others. Then verse 26, to instruct you. Verse 26, but the helper, who's the helper? The Holy Spirit of God, the comforter, the the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will, what's the next word? Teach. He he indwells you, he invests in you, and he instructs you. You see, I I can talk till I'm blue in the face or red in the face, or for me, it's purple in the face. It's you could, you, I can do all the talking, but if the spirit of God and the word of God is not being declared, I'm just, the Bible says, I'm just a tinkling symbol. But when the Holy Spirit of God takes his word, the Bible says, his word never returns what? Void. Oh, you're a good class today. Everyone gets A's. I like what uh, a man said to me. Listen, you're Asian. You don't get B's. Asian. Always get A's. <laughs> There's no such thing as Bijan, he said. <laughs> Listen, God not only indwells you, he invests in you, he instructs you in verse 26. He's the teacher. And in verse 26, he also inspires us. Look back in verse 26. He says this, that he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You ever inspire someone? When you inspire someone, you're basically telling them something that they might already know. So you're just encouraging them in the Lord. That's the power and the purpose of God in all of our lives. Not only does he call us to a place of service, not only does he call us to a place of sacrifice, not only does he call us to a place of salvation, not only does he give us his spirit, not only does he call us to a place of surrender, but lastly, he calls us to a place of stillness. He calls us to a place of stillness. In verse 27 through 31, look with me in the word of God, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives you, Not as the world gives you, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. He's repeating what he just told us in John 14, 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. And now in verse 27, he almost repeats the same thing. Peace I leave with you. And then he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Be at peace. The Bible says to be still and know that I am God. Psalm 23 one of the most beautiful psalms in the Bible. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Later on it goes, and it says this, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Wow. He leads me to green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Because in him, he's peace. When the disciples were in a storm of life, he comes out and he says what? Peace, be still. Is God saying that to your storm of life today? Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Peace, be still. Shalom. That's why we greet one another. The Jews will greet Shalom, peace. 
Shalom to Israel. Shalom in the name of Jehovah. Jehovah. Peace. We need to speak peace. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Are you speaking death and life or are you speaking peace? Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, well then speak peace. Peace, be still. Jesus didn't come out of awakening out of that ship and he says, wait, I didn't know that there was a storm going on. Man, what do we, hey guys, take out the water. No, no, no. Speak peace. What in your life do you just need to speak peace? Husbands and wives, look at each other next time when you are in a fight and just say, husband, wife, shalom, peace. I'm, I'm flesh fighting flesh. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers and darkness of this world. You and I are not each other's enemies. That's what the devil wants us to believe and do. But we must speak what, church? Peace. Told you it was a Bible study today. Speak peace. Peace not as the world gives, give I you. In me you will know peace. And the peace of God that passes all what? Understanding will bring your minds to the Lord Jesus Christ. Be still and know. Jesus is the great encourager, isn't he? He's so good. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come. And I want us to be at peace. I want us to be still and know that he is God. Today, you may need to hear that God loves you and he is the way, the truth, and the life. God has a plan for your life. Today, you are not here by accident. You are not here by coincidence. You are not here by happenstance. You are here because God has been working in your life and drawing you to him. The spirit of God has been drawing you to him to reveal the love of God in your heart. And today, you need to receive his salvation for your life. You need to be saved today. Oh, if that's you in this room, last night, a precious lady right in the middle right here, she raised her hand to receive Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. Hallelujah. You may need to do that today. If you are here in this room and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't know about that peace, you don't know about that promise, you don't know about his purpose in your life, today God loves you, he wants to redeem you, he wants to enter into perfect peace with your life today. He wants to enter into a relationship with you today. He wants you to know that he loves you today. Receive his embrace. Receive his love. Let's all stand to our feet, shall we? As I've said, this is a moment of stillness where God is ministering to us. So if you are in this room today, would you just bow your head and close your eyes. I want to ask this question because somebody today, you've been wrestling with God, you've been fighting with God, and you need to do business with God. If you are here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to ask this question, and I want to make sure that you are in stillness to hear his voice and not to hear my voice, because he is calling you unto himself right now. 
If you're here today and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, but today you want to receive Him and you want to know how you can do that, would you just slip up your hand? We want to pray for you. Is there anybody like that? Just quickly put it up and put it down. All across the auditorium, is there anybody like that today? Just quickly put it up and put it down. We just want to pray for you. We just want to love you. In the stillness of this moment, is there anybody like that today? Pastor, here's my hand. Today I would like to be a Christian. I would like to receive God's love for me today. Would you just put it up and put it down? Trust that we're a room of believers. Receive his salvation. Receive his sacrifice. Receive his surrender. Receive his service to you in your life today. All found in these beautiful words of John 14 where he declares, let not your hearts be troubled. Do business with God as he is speaking to you. And I want to invite you to come to our altars. We have onto your left, we have prayer warriors that are willing to pray with you and for you. If you don't have words, they want to pray for you. If you want to pray by yourself or with a friend or with someone to your right and also to this front here. I'm at the front. I'll pray for you. I'll love you. Anywhere you want, we invite you to come. As the worship team sings this song, let the king of, of our hearts, let's just worship him in this moment. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my song. You are good, good, oh, you are good, good, oh, you are good, good, oh, you are good, good. The king of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in my ways. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days. Oh, he is my song. You are in church.
afraid, you are so good. Even when we don't know what the future holds, you are good. Help us rest in you, Father. God good to you today? Say it with me. Let not your hearts be troubled.